to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What's up, love? How are you doing? I am really, really, really excited for today's episode, as always, but this is a hot topic. We are talking about alcohol, and we're really going to be talking about my experience with it, how it actually does affect your hormones, and then how, if you are going to have alcohol, how you can minimize the negative effects as much as possible. And my intention with this episode is to tell you my personal experience with it, why I choose to really not drink alcohol, as well as how, again, it does affect your hormones. We're going to get into some science, and then how you can just make better choices. So I really want you to to leave this episode feeling empowered, feeling like you're getting knowledge from it, and and just feeling that you can make decisions that are best for you, regardless of what's going on around you. Because a lot of times my clients will tell me that they actually don't even really want to drink a lot of alcohol if they're going out, but they feel like they have to because they feel awkward not doing it or because their friends will say something and they just feel kind of uncomfortable. And I 100% understand that because there were times in my life when shortly after, well, let me, let me go. I'll give you the whole story, right? So let's just back it up. Let's just start with college. Okay. I drank heavily in college. Like I'm always going to be real with you. I'm pulling the curtains back. I drank a ton in college. Okay. I went to SUNY Cortland. Shout out to anybody who has previously gone there, or maybe you still go there. If you have gone to Cortland or you go there right now, please message me on Instagram, go Red Dragons. But the the point of this is that it was a party school. It really was. And I don't regret any of it. I mean, it was an amazing time. I absolutely loved my college experience, had the best time, but I drank a ton. And after college is when my PCOS and all my imbalanced symptoms started raging right after I graduated. And it was probably because I slowed down a little bit after graduating because you know, you're not partying every single day of the week when you go home after college. So my body was probably just finally catching up from all the damage that was done. So I drank a lot in college. I drank a a, a bit after college as well. You know, those years, if you have gone to college, the few years after you still are pretending like you are in college, even though you're not, you're still partying like that. So I have had my fair share of partying and drinking and all of that, which is why I really have no interest in it anymore. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. I don't feel like I need to party now because I got all that out of my system. But what I started noticing was after college was after... After I drank, I would get, and even probably towards the end of college, but again, I, you know, I was younger. It was just like a constant thing. So my body probably didn't have time to catch up with me. But I noticed that after, even if I would just have one drink, I would have a raging migraine. I used to get the worst migraines, not just from after drinking, but just in general. And so that was kind of what started me wanting to not even drink anymore. Cause I was like, it's not even worth it because I'll literally have a glass of wine. And afterwards, the next morning, I will have such a bad migraine and the worst hangover from just one drink. So that's kind of what started me 
not really drinking as much anymore. And then of course I got into the whole nutrition world and health and my my holistic nutrition journey and all of that. So of course that changed the whole game for me. Um, but still now the reason why this is coming up for me, I'm going to tell you what's going on in real time. The reason why this is coming up for me is because I recently just recently just went to a wedding. One of my friends got married in Austin, Texas. I recently went down there. It was so much fun. It was amazing. And usually at big events like that, I'll have a drink or so, right? Like I don't ever drink just going out to dinner or something like that. But sometimes if it's a holiday or if it's a wedding or something like that, I'll drink, I'll have a a glass or two or something like that. And my intention going down there was if I want one, I'll have it. If not, I won't, right? But I was kind of thinking that I would. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a couple of drinks. And it's not something where I don't drink and I feel like I am depriving myself. I really just do it because I don't really like the way it feels anymore. It just doesn't work well in my body anymore. I think because of how I am super intentional with what I put in my body, when I do put alcohol in it, it just really doesn't vibe with me. So anyway, get to the wedding and I was like, you know, I actually like have zero desire to have a drink right now. Like I have no desire to get drunk. I'm just not interested in doing it. And usually in the past, in this situation, I would have, especially because I really didn't know many people at this wedding at all. Of course I knew the bride and groom, but you know, they're busy on the wedding day. And I knew one other person there. So I'm going to do a whole nother podcast episode on that actually, because it's a really interesting story. However, I was like in the past, I would have drank just to feel comfortable and feel like, okay, I got to get the edge off. I don't want to feel nervous. I got to mingle and and it'll, it'll just loosen me up and I won't feel so uncomfortable. I don't want people to judge me. Like that is how I felt in the past. But when you start surrounding yourself by people who are on the same path that you are, who are high level successful people, they don't freaking care if you're drinking or not. And also when you're more confident in yourself, you just don't care even if they did care, right? So we're at the wedding and everyone's like, okay, let's go get a drink. And I went over to the bar with them and I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm just going to have, they had like this hibiscus tea thing out. I'm like, I'm just going to have some tea. And one of the girls who I had just met there, she's like, oh, do not drink. And I told her, I'm like, no, you know, I have PCOS. I really just feel good, good in my body. She's like, okay, cool. That's great. That was the end of the conversation. And then every other time that anyone went out to go to the bar, they were just like, hey, you want to come get a water? Like they were just so cool about it. And that just goes to show you that if you're surrounded by people right now who are giving you shit for it, are they the right people for you? Or are you telling them the reason why you're choosing not to drink? Because if you're telling somebody the reason why you're choosing not to drink, that should just end the conversation. Like, okay, cool. It shouldn't matter. You shouldn't feel like pressured to drink. You should then get an, in a different circle and then just be more confident in yourself and your decision to drink or to, or not to drink. Right. And, and if somebody listening right now and you're like, Oh, I would definitely want to drink at a wedding. Cool. Go for it. Like this isn't about you, me shaming you or feeling like, Oh my God, you're a horrible person. Cause you drink. That's not what this is about. I could, I, that is totally your decision. I don't care. I don't judge people for drinking at in any way, shape or form, but same goes with, I shouldn't be judged for not drinking. And I know so many of my clients a lot of times in my Mind Your Hormones Method course, we talk about this because this is one of the trainings that we do. We go in depth about it and all this stuff. But something that comes up is, like I said in the beginning, where they feel like they don't really want to drink, but they feel pressured into doing it. So that's why I feel like it's really important to have this conversation because we've normalized drinking, going out to dinner to drink, going out to happy hour, drinking at events, drinking and anywhere. It's normalized. What's not normalized is not drinking. And I want to normalize that more because if you if you don't feel good in your body doing it, then we sh- you shouldn't feel pressured to do it. So anyway, that is why this came about. So 
what we're going to get into right now is just the basic level of how it actually affects our body. So alcohol on a basic level, of course, we all know that it affects the liver, right? That is kind of just like the only information a lot of us really knew about with alcohol is that it does affect the liver, puts a burden on it. So with that being said, if when we have a burden on our liver, then that means that our liver can't properly process excess hormones out because our liver is what processes and metabolizes alcohol, toxins, chemicals, medications, hormones. It does all of that. So if we're overburdening it, overburdening it with alcohol, then it's not going to be able to properly process out our excess hormones because it views things in order of importance. So chemicals and toxins and alcohol is viewed as more life-threatening than excess hormones. So it's going to process those out first. And then if it has the bandwidth to do so, it'll then get to our excess hormones. But a lot of times it doesn't because on top of alcohol, maybe you're on birth control, which your liver has to process out. Maybe you're coming in contact with, well, not maybe, you definitely are, we all are, coming in contact with toxins just in our environment, maybe in your products, in your household cleaning products, anything, right? There's so many things that, that put a burden on our, on our hormone, on our liver. So this, if, if our liver can't properly process out our excess hormones, specifically excess um, estrogen, this leads to having excess estrogen in our body and low progesterone symptoms. I recently did a series on progesterone. I'll link below if you haven't checked out those episodes yet. But this could lead to excess estrogen symptoms, which look like irregular or heavy periods, really painful periods, water retention, those PMS symptoms like your boobs swelling and, and your breasts kind of being tender and hurting a little little bit before your period, headaches, migraines, even fibrocystic breast changes, weight gain, mood swings, hair loss, all of these things are excess estrogen symptoms. And drinking an excess amount, not even excess amount, just drinking in general is going to add to that because our liver is not able to process all of that out. So on top of that, besides the excess hormones piece of it, since it puts a burden on the liver, it also negatively affects our blood sugar, which I also recently did an episode about that, so I'll link that below as well, because our blood sugar is, our, our liver, I mean, plays a primary role in the regulation of glucose in the body. So because our liver is going to be burdened by alcohol, that means it's not, it's going to negatively affect our blood sugar. And dysregulated blood sugar is one of the major root causes of all hormonal imbalances. I have never met, I've never worked with somebody, I should say, I've never worked with somebody who has been experiencing a hormone imbalance issue that did not have dysregulated blood sugar. Every single client I've ever worked with has had some form of dysregulated blood sugar and same for me as well. And not only is this important for your hormones, it's important for your overall health and wellness, for your mental clarity, for your brain, for your organs, for your body, for uh, preventing diabetes, you know, all of these things, right? So that also plays a role in it too. So alcohol does negatively affect our blood sugar, which is even more important for people who do have PCOS, which we're going to get to that in a second. Because if you're new here, I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And while I am thriving with it because of the way that I live my life, it's something that doesn't go away. PCOS isn't something that just goes away. This is a chronic uh, disorder that if you do have it, we need to learn how to properly support ourselves with nutrition, lifestyle supplementation, so that we can thrive with even even with having it. And drinking alcohol is something that really, really negatively affects it. So we're going to talk about that in a big way in a second. 
So puts a burden on the liver. It's kind of the basic level. We all kind of know that. The third thing is that the more alcohol that you consume, the more menstrual irregularities you can experience because your cycle, your menstrual cycle, all the phases, follicular, ovulation, luteal, menstrual, it operates on a specific harmony, a specific symphony of fluctuating hormones, right? Our hormones are fluctuating throughout the month, which is why we have phases to our cycle. So when alcohol comes in the mix and it makes changes to those levels, because again, it is affecting our estrogen levels, it is affecting our progesterone. It's, a, it's affecting our hormones in our body. When it does that, of course, it can lead to cycle irregularity as a result. So this doesn't always mean that it's necessarily causing the cycle irregularity. It's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. But if you are somebody right now who does have an irregular period or does have a non-existent period or PMS, it for sure could be making it worse and it could just be something that's really getting in the way of you having the cycle that you are trying to achieve, the fertility you're trying to achieve, which brings me into the PMS piece. So with PMS, again, alcohol might not cause the PMS, but if you already experience PMS, it's for sure not going to be helping it. And Dr. Jolene Bryan, which I talk about her a ton on this podcast, she has an awesome book called Beyond the Pill. She's got a ton of blogs online. She's, she's a really great resource. She talked about research where it talks about how drinking can make you 45% more likely to experience PMS symptoms, 45% more likely to experience PMS symptoms. And then if you have more than one drink a day, that percentage increases to 79%. So if you have more than one drink a day, like maybe you wind down with a glass of wine every night. And again, please know that this is not me judging you or shaming you. If you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that's not how I roll. But if this is something that you're doing, and a lot of times it just becomes a habit, like literally it just becomes a habit and we don't even do it for, it doesn't even almost like relax us anymore. It's just something that we're used to doing. So if this is something that you're doing, know that more than one drink a day increases your chances of PMS by 79%, which is completely wild. So it affects the liver, which could cause excess estrogen and lower progesterone levels. It um, disrupts our blood sugar and it causes can cause menstrual irregularities. The PMS gets worse. And then number five is alcohol also depletes us of nutrients, specifically B vitamins and magnesium. Okay, we're taking a little pause because I know that you are someone that really wants to prioritize and support your gut health and your sleep, and that you want to make sure that you're using quality supplementation, which is exactly why I brought on Gut Personal as a sponsor for our show. Gut Personal is woman-owned and funded, which you know I love over here, and it is disrupting the gut health industry, the gut supplement industry by really personalizing their supplements to fit your specific needs by providing a short quiz for you to take that will lead you to the supplements that can support you and your individual needs, which is so freaking cool. I love it. And what's also really cool about them is that they have a feature on their site where you can directly contact a registered dietitian. If you have any questions, if you want to talk about the specific supplements, uh, 
sorry, the specific symptoms that you are experiencing so they can help point you in the right direction. If you have any questions about your quiz, it's such a cool feature that this is just another way that they are really disrupting this gut supplement industry. So you already know that I only recommend brands that I personally use, that I respect, and that I trust. So you know I'm using these products also. So I want to talk to you about two specific products that I use daily from Gut Personal that I love and I think that you're really going to love as well. The first is the Miracle Worker Magnesium and the second is the Sunshine Plus Vitamin D. So the Miracle Worker Magnesium, I mean, when I tell you that this drastically changed the way I sleep, I literally can't even explain it, but it of course does so much more than that. Magnesium is extremely important for hormone health. We are very deficient in magnesium as a society because of the low uh, mineral level of our soil, because of our stress levels. Magnesium is needed for hormone health in every single situation. It helps your gut. It helps your nervous response. I did a whole podcast episode on magnesium that I will link below, but I love the Miracle Worker Magnesium. They have a powdered version and a capsule version. I personally love the powdered version. It has a really awesome natural strawberry flavor that I literally love having at the end of the night. It's like a little mocktail. I put it in a wine glass with room temperature water, swirl it up with a little spoon and just like love having it. It's absolutely amazing and it is so awesome for your sleep. So I highly recommend that one. And the second one that I use and recommend is the Sunshine Plus Drops. Now, again, this is a vitamin D supplement and vitamin D is crucial for thousands of functions in our body. It supports our immune system, our fertility, everything, our mood. Like it's so, um, so powerful. I have another episode on this that I can link below as well. But the reason why I love this vitamin D supplement, aside from other ones that I used to take, is because there is a dropper option as well as a capsule one. I am using the dropper one because I like that you can customize it to the amount of vitamin D that you personally need because each drop is a 1,000 IUs. Now, of course, you need to be working with someone to really know the exact amount that you should be taking. But in general, most of us are deficient in this as well, especially if you're not in a sunny climate all the time. But usually about 5,000 IUs is a good marker to start taking, but depending on what's in your multivitamin, if it has vitamin D, it's really nice. You could customize it. And I also love that it's very absorbable when you take it in a liquid form. And this vitamin D, their sunshine plus has vitamin K in it, which helps your body actually absorb the vitamin D. So I'm completely obsessed with them. You get 10% off anything in their store just because you're a mind your hormones listener and they are sponsor of our show. So if you want to go check these supplements out, use code code Corinne at checkout to save 10%. That's C-O-R-I-N-N-E at gut personal. Of course, if you're running, you're walking with your dog, you're driving, you're rushing around, whatever you're doing, I will put the link in the show notes so you can check them out. I highly recommend them. And if you have any questions at all, shoot me a message on Instagram at Corinne Angelica. I would love to help you with this. And if you have been taking them and you've been loving them, I would love to hear your feedback because I just love talking to people about this because I'm like, oh my God, I know. Isn't it amazing? So come reach out to me. I would love to support you in this, and I hope that you check them out and love them as much as I do. Now let's get back into today's show. Alcohol does deplete us of these nutrients. So when magnesium specifically is low in our body, I also did a whole podcast episode on magnesium that I'll put below too, but when magnesium is low in the body, 
It causes our inflammatory prostaglandins, which prostaglandins are hormone-like substances that can lead to cramping, okay? I've, I've done so many, I keep linking to podcasts, but I've done so many episodes on all of these things. But these prostaglandins that we have in our body, we have inflammatory prostaglandins and we have anti-inflammatory prostaglandins. When magnesium is low, it's going to exacerbate the inflammatory prostaglandins, which is going to cause cramps to be worse. So if you are somebody that experiences painful cramps, then definitely get yourself some magnesium, but also drinking is going to exacerbate it and make it worse. And I know sometimes when you are on your period and maybe you're feeling horrible and you're fatigued and your periods hurt and your, your cramps are really bad, you might reach for alcohol to try and just manage the pain. Maybe it will in the moment, but it's actually making it worse in the long run. So it's just really important to know that these things are going on because the more that we know, the more that we can make better choices. And, and this is also just about being more intentional about the choices that we're making. Because again, a lot of the times we do things out of habit or even worse is we do things because we feel pressure to do them. But when we know this information, we can make choices that are more intentional and choose to drink when we're like, you know what? I really want to drink. I'm, I'm with my friends right now. I want to connect. I want to have a glass of wine instead of choosing to drink just as a habit or feeling pressured to do so. So it's really just about being more intentional about your alcohol consumption and knowing how if you are experiencing low fertility, painful periods, irregular periods, if you have PCOS, that alcohol is really negatively affecting that even more. And it's not, doesn't mean you can never drink again. Like, of course, you know that that's not what this is. And me telling you that I don't drink doesn't mean that I'm never going to have a drink again. If I want one, I'm going to have it. I just particularly really didn't want one the last time that I went to the wedding when I thought that I was actually going to. And I was honestly surprised. I was like, wow, I just, I really don't want a drink. I really just don't feel the need to have it. So I didn't. And it's just knowing yourself more and asking yourself those questions and letting yourself be the determining factor instead of letting other people around you or your environment decide how you should or should not live your life. So, okay, those are the five things. And now the last thing is, Number six is, of course, it could also disrupt your gut microbiome. And your gut microbiome is connected to every single thing in your body. Your gut is where we house the majority of our immune system. It's where we produce the majority of our serotonin, so it affects your mood. It's connected directly to our brain via the vagus nerve. It's where we absorb nutrients. It's where we expel, whoa, it's where we expel excess hormones out of our body through poop. I mean, it is connected to literally everything in our body. And it is disrupting, alcohol is disrupting your gut microbiome. So of course, that's going to to affect your hormones, it's going to affect your mood, it's going to affect everything, your immune system, all of it, because your gut is the center of everything. So it's just really important to know this information. Now, I want to talk about the best times to avoid drinking. If you're like, okay, well, are there better times? Are there worse times? Speaking from a hormone perspective, of course, no matter when you drink it, it's going to affect your body, right? Like with the blood sugar, with the um, PMS, with the increasing the prostaglandins, with the nutrient depletion, all of that, no matter when you drink, that's going to happen. However, there are more specific times where it's even more important to avoid drinking. And those times are when our estrogen levels are at their highest because again, estrogen is increased when you do drink alcohol. So not only is it putting a burden on the liver by not being able to properly expel excess hormones um, or process, I should say, excess hormones out of the liver and into the gut and then out of the body, but it also actually increases our estrogen levels. Dr. Jolene Brighton talks about this too, and others talk about it as well, but how 
alcohol actually does increase your estrogen level. So it's really important to avoid drinking when estrogen is at its highest. And that is when our estrogen levels peak just before ovulation, right? Leading up to ovulation is when your estrogen is increasing. And during ovulation is when it's at its highest. And it stays pretty high, you know, throughout the luteal phase, throughout that first week of luteal phase. And then it starts low, slowly dropping before you get your period. So right around that time when those estrogen levels are highest, like right before um, ovulation, and then honestly, even through your period, it's really important not because your estrogen levels are high during your period, your hormones are at their lowest levels, but because of the prostaglandins and the increasing in PMS and cramps and all of that, it's really best to avoid it really from ovulation through your period. So the most ideal time to drink would be during that follicular phase, which is right after your period ends and right before you know ovulation phase starts to begin which could be a window of seven to 10 days. It's not a large window, but if you were, I always get this question. So I wanted to address it of the best, the best times to drink or the best times to avoid drinking are those times. So, but again, I also want to say here before I talk about PCOS piece really quick, I do want to say that every single person is different. Some women may experience noticeable menstrual abnormalities after having even a small amount of alcohol. And that is exactly how my situation is. When I stopped drinking heavily after college and a couple years after college, that's when I really noticed that when I wasn't drinking a lot, but I would randomly drink, I was like, whoa, my period went off. My migraines came back. Like I noticed a drastic difference. And a lot of times we don't notice things, how they actually affect our body until we cut them out or really greatly reduce them and then have them again. And that's when we notice things. Women in the mind your hormones method will always start, you know, reducing their dairy or reducing their sugar intake or alcohol, whatever it is. And then they'll say that they had it. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize how it actually made me feel. And we don't realize these things until they come out of our system. But I am one of the people where it makes a noticeable difference in my menstrual cycle. And I'm just at the stage of my life where I'm not willing to F up my period and my PCOS and my fertility and my mental clarity to have a drink. Again, if I want to have one, I'm going to have it, but it's just not something I'm really willing to sacrifice because I don't like feeling like that the next day. So some women are going to have the experience that I have, but others might be able to have more alcohol without even knowing noticing any effects. Even if, you know, it is still fundamentally affecting your hormones, you might not actually notice it as much. You have, you might have a better threshold of it than I do. So every single person is going to experience this differently. So I just want to say that up front that we're all different and and what I experience is going to be totally different than what you experience. Now, with that being said, if you do have PCOS like I do, this is really important to touch on. Women with PCOS have double the risk of getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease compared to women without PCOS. So it's even more important for us to take care of our livers and not overburden it with alcohol at, on a you know consistent basis. Again, this doesn't mean you can never have a drink, but on a consistent basis, if you do have PCOS, I highly recommend greatly reducing your consumption simply because you have double the risk of getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease compared to someone who doesn't have it, which is really staggering, that statistic. And I think it's really important for us to know because when we get diagnosed with PCOS, we go to the doctor, the only thing they tell us is, okay, here's birth control, here's Clomid, here's spironolactone. Like these are the things that we are given. We're not told like, hey, the choices that you're making day in and day out are actually really negatively affecting your PCOS, which is literally why I created the Mind Your Hormones Method. It's not just for people with PCOS, but I created it so people who do have PCOS 
could actually learn how to support their PCOS and thrive with it. And then people who don't have PCOS can learn how to live a hormone-healthy lifestyle and get rid of their irregular periods and painful periods and migraines and acne and digestive issues and all of that with this holistic approach that freaking works and that actually teaches you things that we would either should have learned in school or that our doctor should be teaching us about, which... Don't even get me on my soapbox. However, if you are interested in that, by the way, subtle plug, message me on Instagram at Corinne Angelica or text me um, the word method to 516-430-5144 because um, at the end of April is when we are beginning the next round, the seventh round of the Mind Your Hormones Method. So if you're someone who has an irregular period, you want to get off birth control, you have PCOS, you have low fertility, you have no period, you have painful periods, anything like that, this is the course for you. So just shoot me a message and I'll be happy to give you more details about it. So anyway, that is that with PCOS. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is when you do consume alcohol, what are the best types of alcohol to consume and how can you support yourself after? Because I'm not just going to give you all this information and be like, okay, good luck. See you later. So I want to help you out when you do want to have a drink. So, okay, let's just talk about wine at a basic level. A wine is... Uh, uh, made obviously from grapes, right? And grapes are on the dirty dozen. And if you're not familiar with the dirty dozen, the dirty dozen are the 12 fruits and vegetables that have the most amount of pesticides in them. So with that being said, grapes are a very high pesticide content fruit. So when you do consume wine, it is really important to make sure that it is organic wine. Now, if you're going out to dinner, you're going out to a restaurant, most of the time, you aren't going to have access to organic wine. Most restaurants don't have it. Some of them do, which like, let's praise them so much. If you do go out and you see an organic wine, like, yes, definitely get it. However, if you are, um, you know, going out and it's not there, then, you know, it is what it is. But if you're purchasing alcohol or purchasing wine to have at home, or you're going to a dinner party, making sure it's organic is really, really important. It's a really great way to at least reduce your pesticide residue. It doesn't change the effect that alcohol has on your body, but it at least changes the amount of, um, you know, pesticides that you're consuming, which is really important for your liver as well, because your liver has to process those pesticides out also. So it's just double whammy when you have it and it's not organic. So that's number one. Number two is having a basic drink, right? Having a basic vodka soda with maybe some lemon or lime in it. Whatever is the most simple drink is always going to be more beneficial as opposed to having something with a big sugary mix or adding fruit juice in it or any type of other added sugar because, again, the alcohol is already disrupting your blood sugar. We don't want to add more fuel to the fire. So keeping it as basic as possible is really ideal. And I know there's so many... Um, like vodka, what are they called? Spike seltzers and stuff out there now. And a lot of them have either agave or high fructose corn syrup. So like making sure that you're making the best choices you possibly can. And obviously you don't need to be perfect, but if you're buying this and you're bringing it in your home to have once in a while, you might as well make a better choice because when you're out, those options aren't always available. So always doing the best that we can with what we have in our home is what's going to really help our lifestyle in general. Because when we go out to eat and do these things, things aren't going to be perfect and that's fine, but it's not like you're doing it all the time. So making sure that it's a basic vodka soda or you're doing like a spiked seltzer, maybe like a Crook and Markers is a really great brand if you want to do that. I love that one. What Loved, love. If I do have it, that is one that I do like to drink. So um, that's a good option for you too. Now, um, 
As far as how to support yourself if you do drink alcohol, what I would recommend is that night for sure supplementing with magnesium and B-complex at night. So um, again, magnesium, the Miracle Worker Magnesium from Gut Personal is by far my favorite. I will link it below. They are a sponsor of the show. So because of that, you save money with code Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E. You can either go to gutpersonal.com slash Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, or you could just put that code in when you go there. But definitely supplementing with magnesium and vitamin uh, B complex at the end of the night is really, really important. And then the next morning, getting back into the routine that I always talk about, having warm lemon water in the morning, because again, lemon does support your liver. So that is really, really crucial is waking up and getting right back into that. And then maybe even adding a slice of ginger in the... um, in the warm lemon water, I'm like, what am I talking about? In the warm lemon water, adding a slice of ginger in there is going to really support you for digesting and processing purposes. So that's a really great way to support your liver. Um, coconut water is really awesome because it has potassium and electrolytes and B vitamins. But again, be cautious of the brand. Some of them have a lot of added sugar. So making sure you're getting a brand that does not add sugar in it is really crucial. And then prioritizing fiber and a protein fiber and healthy fat rich breakfast, a a balancing, well, a blood sugar balancing, there it is, a blood sugar balancing breakfast, which I recommend literally every morning. But sometimes after a night of drinking, you, we tend to be like, okay, I'm going to have a bagel or, you know, something that's just carb heavy. We really want to make sure that we have protein, a healthy fat and fiber within it. So whether that's a smoothie, whether that's gluten-free avocado toast, whether that's oatmeal with protein powder, an almond butter and a banana, something like that, but really staying away from greasy foods and just like a bagel because that is going to tank your blood sugar. It's going to really just not serve you at all ever, but especially after a night of drinking. So those are my tips for you. I know that was a lot of information in one episode, but I thought it was really important to talk about because of the experience I recently just had. And I know that some of you really are working on reducing your alcohol consumption. You're just in this phase of life where you're like, I did my partying. I don't really feel like drinking a ton anymore. And maybe you just needed to hear me in your ear saying like, it's cool. Be confident in your decision. Surround yourself with people who might ask like, oh, okay. Like what's your reasoning? Just cause they're curious. And then you tell them, it's like, okay, cool. Great. Like let's go get yourself a water, like surround yourself with people that get it and be really just confident in your decision, no matter who's around you or where you are. If you don't feel like having a drink and then just get something to have in your hands, get a seltzer, get a water, get a, a tea or something, right? Like there's just, it's just really important for me to talk about this because I don't think a lot of people really talk about not drinking. I think there's more of a conversation around drinking than not drinking. So I wanted to bring that to you in case you were in the same boat. And if you are someone who does still like drinking, okay, cool. Just know this information, be more intentional about it and know how to support yourself better when you do decide to drink. So that is my message for you today. Um, all the episodes that I talked about will be linked below. I appreciate you so much. I hope this was helpful for you. Please let me know if it was. I love connecting with you like this. I think it's just like the coolest thing that I'm in your ear right now when you're driving or you're walking or you're cooking or whatever you're doing. I just love it so much. I'm so grateful for you. I cannot wait to just continue being here every Tuesday and every Friday and just growing this community more and more and more. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, 
please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.